market update June 6th. I feel like I just did a market update segment, but I'm giving you a bonus one. 10 days left for spring to spring. No, spring didn't really spring in 2023, not the way it normally does. The higher rates created that higher stress test, shrinking the pool of prospective purchasers, and more importantly, lower listings have created a tighter supply. They've created a tighter supply in two different ways, right? The higher rates, people who may have moved up or even across the property ladder in previous years, they're sitting tight this spring. They want to hang on to that low mortgage rate they've got because porting a mortgage is not as easy as some people may think. Once you do a little bit of investigating, you realize it's not that simple. And the low listings give us a lot less to shop for, shop from, pardon me, a lot, a lot fewer options to shop from. All of this leaves move up buyers and the move across the market buyers stuck in place. And number two, the additional impact of the higher rates, of course, has been on developers. Developers are pressing pause because their own financing is much more costly, not to mention the construction challenges around labor, materials, regulatory delays, etc. And furthermore, developers know that they cannot count on individual investors any longer. Mom and pop investors make up the overwhelming majority of the existing rental stock in many areas, BC in particular, where there's been next to zero investment at the federal level in new housing, rental housing in particular, purpose-built. The reality of restrictive underwriting is that mom and pop investors have been all but eliminated from the market. They cannot be counted on by a developer at the pre-sale launch because they can't close in today's underwriting world. So the families that used to show up and buy five to 10 pre-sales in a single building, the investors that used to do this, they're out of the game. OSFI does not really see it, nor would they care if they did, but they've largely shut down the, the individual investor, which means less rental supply moving forward. And what have we learned a restricted su supply leads to, right? At least a higher cost, in this case, higher rents. That's what's coming. It's already happening. And in today's high rate environment, you know, the rates that were paired with 40-year AMs last time we saw them, the cash flows vanished. And so too are the investors. At today's rates and AMs and guidelines, there, there's approvals, sure, but there's no certainty that your approval is actually still going to stand three to five years in the future when it's time to complete on that pre-sale. And given lenders' behavior, there's no certainty. And investors want certainty. They also want cash flow. And like I say, that's that's largely gone at this point as well. And thus, less investing in condos than ever before. This does not bode well at all for the future of the rental market as that supply steadily shrinks over time with no new purpose-built rentals coming online to replace those existing mom-and-pop individual units that are now being steadily sold off to owner-occupiers who just barely qualify. The bottom line, Canadians will always elect to make their mortgage payment above all other mortgage payments. The bottom line through this higher interest rate period is what I was getting at. It's not the Canadian mortgage sector that needs to be nervous. I mean, vigilant, yes, but nervous, no. Canadians will weather this storm, owner-occupieds and investors alike, but they'll dine out less, they'll consume less, they'll drive their car longer before they trade it in, they'll repair it more often, etc. And through this storm, today's tenants, aka tomorrow's tenants, 
for the first time ever. And today's teens, aka tomorrow's tenants, again for the first time ever, are going to face a housing market, a really a housing crisis like no other market in Canada ever before. So I'll say it again. The number one overstatement within the media is the risk of Canadians defaulting on their residential mortgages. As mentioned in previous episodes, the average gifted down payment in the two biggest markets, the GTA and the GVA, was $300,000. The average, not the highest gifted down payment, the average $300,000. Do we truly believe that those families and others who gifted less or in some cases nothing at all won't ante up and gift $500, $1,000 per month to help family members make their payments during this stretch? Of course they will. Canadian homeowners have always been underestimated. The talk of the total debt to income ratio, the total debt carried by households, it is exaggerated. It is not quantified properly at all. We hear talk of debt to income, but when one of the when one studies the composition of the debt in question, we realize the overall market risk is actually very low. We realize that debt is actually being managed very, very well by Canadians, as it will continue to be. What is not being managed well is the housing supply and the qualification standards of today. Consider that 99% of first-time homebuyers arrive at a mortgage broker's office with zero debt of any kind. Not 99% of aspiring homeowners. 99% of actual first-time homebuyers had no other debts to speak of. And still, they qualify for an amount that what? Puts them in the market for next to nothing. Next to nothing. Without equity from a previous purchase or a gifted down payment, it's next to impossible to get in the game, despite having stellar credit, despite having great income alone. I mean, I heard a story recently from a broker. The individual makes $80,000 a year, and they are shopping for a mobile home on the outskirts of town. No disrespect to anybody who grew up or currently lives in a mobile home at all, but it wasn't that long ago that if you made $80,000 a year, you were not shopping for a mobile home. That's literally the only product within a 40-minute drive that the person could qualify for because it's the only thing that price-wise was in the realm. A borrower in 2023 qualifies for less than half of the amount of mortgage money they qualified for in 2017. The stress test went a step too far and is today without question overdone. When the 20-somethings today say to their parents, you had it easy. You guys had it easy. They're right. Parents think it's just the same old story. Parents think they had it tough in their day, and now their kids are having the same level of toughness. Wrong. Parents today don't know tough. They bought a home that was maybe two, three, maybe four times their typical gross salary, as I did myself in 1995. And I don't think of myself as that old. Mind you, I am the parent of a couple of 20-somethings. But today, that exact home that I bought in 1995, which, by the way, was 3.2x earnings. I made 50 grand a year. The house was 160, 168. So 3.3, let's say. 3.3 my annual salary. That's what the house costs. Today, that exact same home that I bought in 1995 is priced at 14x 
today's typical salary or 28x, 28 times my salary of then. The median typical salary, I'm allowing for it to have gone up 2x. It sure as heck has not gone up 28x, has it? It's never been tougher to qualify. You yourself, no matter who you are, you qualify for half what you used to just six years ago, thanks to onerous and overly stringent guidelines. And yet prices are still sky high, still thanks to a generation of underbuilding and an absurd focus by regulators of all levels on the demand side economics of the equation and a whole bunch of other things that just don't matter. The foreign buyer tax brought in with all kinds of fanfare in 2016. 2016, net impact, zero. Vacant home taxes a few years later, net impact, zero. Speculator tax coming into play now, net impact, zero. No question. You know, focusing on speculation taxes, asinine political posturing by politicians doing what they do, politicking. People with zero grasp of the actual problem, zero grasp of how to fix it, yet with all of the power. No grasp of how to fix it, but a grasp of all the power implementing useless policy after useless policy, cursing their kids and grandkids to a lifetime of paying rent. We have a growing problem, one that took a long time to come to a head and one that's going to take a generation to unwind. Happy Tuesday. Thank you.